Glad to see some of you good people back from vacation. Hope you had a good time. You tanned well while you were gone. So I assume that means you had a good time. Good morning, beloved children of God, for so you are. I doubt this ever happens to you, but occasionally for me, I'm in the middle of the night and I can't sleep. And so I mindlessly start, I turn on the TV, start flipping through the channels. I know I'm not supposed to do that. I'm already awake, doesn't matter. Or I even pick my tablet up. I know I'm not supposed to do that and I start flipping through it, just looking at things. See what you've posted on Facebook. And on TV in particular, a commercial comes on that kind of catches my attention. And it's something that I just, they tell me I just can't live without it. And it's only $199. But wait, there's more. And now, a few seconds later, 30 minutes into the commercial, they've added 17 things to this thing. And now all 18 things are $199. And I need all of them, according to this salesman. Last week, Andrea reminded you about the four C's of Jason's sabbatical focus, holy C's, and the focus of our acts groups. Remember? Let's see if we got it. Holy connection. Okay. Holy calm is the second one. That's okay. Holy clarity, someone said. And then finally, holy. All right. So during, during the nine o'clock worship last Sunday, it occurred to me, there's more. There's a fifth holy sea, and I can't believe that we missed it. Holy community. Holy community. Now, if you Google holy community, you're going to find some really interesting stuff. Our Catholic friends have a take on holy community, and I find much of their writing very helpful. Our Pentecostal friends have their ideas about holy community and how they live that out. Our, some groups, uh, not necessarily the Pentecostals, but some groups tend to make holy communion and holy community one and the same, and they have a lot to say about that. There's a smattering of independent ministries that will use the language holy community in their church title or their ministry title. Something, 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 holy community, something, 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 okay? Of all the things that I found, the most interesting was this blog written by an Episcopal minister, priest, Kathy Buziti-Jones, entitled, Holy Community and the Myth of the Autonomous Human. Holy Community and the Myth of the autonomous human. She opens with these words, connection for human beings is as necessary as food and water. 
Now, you know we need those things to live. We need one another to survive, she continues. While we live and move in a dialect between autonomy and connection, we Christians are formed in and by our loving relationships. Last Sunday morning after the nine o'clock service, someone was waiting for her breakfast buddies to come along out of that service, and she and I were chatting. We talked about breakfast eating and breakfast eating places, and we decided and named those that were our favorite ones and those that we didn't care so much for. And then she said, I don't know where we'll go eat, it really doesn't matter to me. Being with my friends is more important than the food we eat. We'll put up with bad food to experience good community with friends, right? A recent article from the Atlantic publication was entitled, Why People Are Acting So Weird. I thought you'd want to know, so I read it. Put some notes in here. Remember the incident when Will Smith smacked Chris Rock at the Oscars? That was just weird. Just weird. For months, we have heard stories about weird behavior. We hear stories, or maybe we've even seen incidents of rudeness and carelessness and maybe even violence. Weird behavior generally is bad behavior. Not to mention all the stories that we've heard about unruly passengers on airlines. Like some of you, I've flown a great deal in my working life, ministry, and I've never seen things that they describe on airplanes that are happening today. I saw a couple of really uncomfortable bad things happen, but not the pro proliferation of things happening now. In fact, the FFA says that early last year was the highest number of incidents of such bad behavior ever recorded. We should not brag about that. Healthcare workers who, just a few months ago, healthcare workers were applauded. Remember this? People standing outside hospitals and healthcare facilities and applauding the nurses and technicians and doctors who were helping make us healthier and keep us from dying from a terrible virus. And now, just a few months later, same healthcare workers are victims of really weird and bad behavior. If you don't believe me, talk to a nurse or two. We've just, we're just, we're having a hard time. And how about the behavior that we've seen, not just in schools, but among adults in school board meetings? Bad behavior. It isn't just a lack of holy community. We seem to have lost all sense of community and civility within community. Psychologists and sociologists have some very good ideas about why such bad behavior has emerged as we have emerged from this pandemic. But I also believe 
Honestly, and you would expect me to say this, I think there are spiritual reasons why. And so we turn to our text today. And Susie, thank you for that difficult string together of texts that we had. The passages that she read come from three chapters, as she told you in Acts 19 through 21. Paul is still doing the missionary work of spreading the good news of Jesus Christ and in many locations. First he goes here, then he goes here, then he goes here, then he goes back. He's all over the place. He continues to encounter those who oppose him and and really don't like to hear what he has to say. He will continue to be jailed, jailed for the gospel, beaten for the gospel, and threatened for the gospel. But all the places he goes, there are these pockets, pockets of believers, of disciples, who have come together in Christ's name. Pockets of people who are making a daily commitment to following the teachings of Jesus as his disciples. Now, actually, in these three chapters, if you take the time to look at them, and as, as I've said to Andrea, who reads the end of the book of Acts? None of us. We never read the end of the book of Acts. But if you take the time to do so, these three chapters take place over a, a long period of time, over years, in fact. That's interesting to me. So you can imagine that over this period of time, uh, these people have continued to learn more about what it is to be a disciple, and they've continued to grow and develop in their discipleship and their love of Christ and, um, and what Paul has been teaching and others who are teaching about this new way of life. There were miraculous and unusual things happening that served to underscore what Paul was teaching. And there are people, there are people uh, mentioned in these passages who had practiced secret sorceries, who break with those practices and begin following the way of Christ. Paul confronts deeply entrenched and powerful religious practices at the time. And this disrupted not only the people's religious life, but actually the local economies, because they were actually making money off of these things. And now they, as believers, would cease selling the kinds of things that some of them had sold. So they stood to lose, and that didn't always endear Paul to them. But these pockets of people, these disciples, are little communities for support and encouragement. And Paul, Paul loves them. And by the way, they love Paul. He loves them as his children. He loves them with a protective kind of love because he wants to shelter them and keep them from the kinds of of experiences of, that are painful, literally and figuratively, um, as the good news is rejected. He loves them enough to want God to make them into whatever God has in store for them. I think it must be like 
something like for you parents who love your children enough to let them grow up and be who they are intended to be in God's care and leading. So as Paul goes and comes from here and there, with these pockets of disciples, now you realize, of course, these are little churches, right? These little communities, these little pockets, these are churches. Early churches, small churches, but they're churches. And when he comes and goes, there are prayers and tears and blessings, and they, they experience the Holy Spirit together. This is the way of holy community. We seek to know and do the will of God together. We bear one another's burdens. We sit and listen to each other. We laugh and cry together. We bury our loved ones together. We dance at weddings that we celebrate together. And we celebrate new life that's born in our midst. And we commit ourselves to help raise them so that first and foremost they know that God is love. Of course, we experience community in other groups and settings in addition to the church. Of course we do. Maybe with work colleagues or golf or tennis buddies or high school or college mates. The kids' baseball parent group that you've sat on those hot bleachers for so many years watching your children or grandchildren play some sport. Family can provide community, and some of you families enjoy that sense of community with each other. Neighbors can be a part of a meaningful community. There are ways we have meaningful community, meaningful connection with others. And let's not underestimate its importance in our lives. What is one thing that the mass killing shooters seem to have in common. We hear this over and over again. They are living isolated lives without community. We are not created to be autonomous human beings. But even really good places we find community do not provide the holy community for which we are created. So what makes church holy community? Well, we recognize it in naming it so. There's something unique and above all other sources of community for us. We certainly aren't perfect here. I know that because I'm here. We aren't perfect here. And, and not everyone who comes into this fellowship feels welcomed and finds community. And that grieves me. To be honest, we have a lot of failings. God love us, we have a lot of failings. The challenge of the pandemic and launching online and having virtual uh, platforms, to be honest with you, have completely dumbfounded your pastoral staff about how we can provide a sense of community to those who watch us worship, but may need so much more 
than platform can provide. We don't know how to do it. I'm being honest with you. And guess what? It's not because we're dummies. Nobody has figured this out yet. And we're all talking to each other, trying to help each other figure it out. To be very clear, we celebrate that you worship with us, whether it's in this room or through one of these virtual platforms or online or however you catch it. We're, we're grateful for that. But we know that to truly experience holy community is to emulate the body of Christ in our world and to be a part of that body in a participatory way. You see, holy community fully realized is participatory. We participate in holy community. We cannot fully know or experience the abundant life that God wishes for us without our life in Christ being lived at least in part within holy community. And by the way, that life in Christ not only experienced inside these walls, but also out, out there among others. But we cannot be detached from holy community and know the full life in Christ that we can participate in. We serve in Jesus' name. We want to be outrageously hospitable people. We want this space and place to be safe for each other. We want to be participants, participants in grace and mercy. We want the Evan Hansons, the girls sang from the musical, Evan Hansen. We want the Evan Hansons of our world to find not just a place, not just a place, but their place here in this body of Christ, in this community. Might this be a place for all of those who feel marginalized, who feel neglected, who feel less than enough by some clean language, Connie, invalid cultural standard set for us out there that tells you bad things about how you look or dress or what glasses you wear, or how white your teeth are, or whatever it tells you, and then you feel bad about yourself. You are a child of God. You are a child of God. And that's something that none of those standards can give you. So all of that, this could be a place where those who want to come alongside and press for justice on behalf of others who do not receive it, can this be a place for people to heal from all kinds of wounds? Let's warmly receive those who are completely stressed out and full of misplaced frustration and rage following the pandemic or whatever in their life has done this, has caused this. Let this be a place to find others who understand and have found ways to handle the same by living in Christ, choosing an abundant life option. Let this be the place where the great physician is real, 
for those who have self-medicated with alcohol or pills or a variety of other ways to numb the pain that then increases because that self-medication has put them in greater isolation. Let's be a place for all to heal. Let's be honest and let's be real about our own struggles as we welcome those who can no longer hide what hasn't worked to help. Let's be a place where we receive mental health diagnoses as receptively as we receive physical health diagnoses. Now, by now, I can hear some of you. Connie, you make us sound like a place for unhealthy, misdirected misfits. Oh, I hope so. I hope so. None of us, none of us could stand before each other had we not experienced the saving, redeeming, sustaining grace of Christ in our own lives. We can so easily describe Jesus' early disciples as this kind of ragtag band of uh, unlikely people, nice word, unlikely people, who would make anything of what Jesus was teaching, much less found what would come to be known as the church. But don't you see, our faces in the mirrors in which we look, we are that same ragtag band of disciples doing the best we can. And on some days, we do pretty good. But not every day, let's be honest. As the church, we are in community together, trying to fulfill this great commission that Jesus left us with. As we gently press into each other, forming into a united being, his body, his church. As we work together, sharing the space God gives us to do his work, and we all become a little differently. We all become a little more like him. This is the work and the result of holy community. So to you, whomever you are, whatever you bring, wherever you come from, and however you have gotten here, you are invited to be a part of this body of Christ to help make this place for people like me and you more like Christ. And as we sing in our hearts, may we truly put peace in each other's hearts and hands and lives. <laughs>